I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding about graduation. A lot of times when we hear graduation, we think about um, it's the end, that, that we're finally free. We've spent 13 years in school, and now we are finally free. Or, or we've spent the last four years in college, and now we're free. Or the last eight years in college, and, and now we're free. And, and, and there's, there's a lot of truth to that. There is Graduation does symbolize an end of something, but, but really more than just an end, it's, it's really a time of transition. It's a time when, when we turn the page in life from one chapter to another. So it's, it's a time of transition. There, there's never a time to where we stop learning. Ed, education uh, systems and institutions w- was never meant to be um, all the learning that you would ever get to prepare you for life. We're always learning. How, how many are still learning things in life? Uh, if you've stopped learning, you're probably dead or you've just, you've just isolated yourself. We're always continually learning. And so there are people today who are making transitions and, and graduation, though, though we look at it as an end of something, it's, it's not uh, the marker that says things are over. Really, and when you go to a graduation ceremony, it's referred to as what? As a, as a commencement. And... To commence something means to, to begin something, doesn't it? To, to start. So a commencement is really the beginning of something or the start of something new. And that's what these students today that we're going to honor here in just a few moments, that's what they're doing. They are, they are transitioning in life. They are starting something new. They're moving into adulthood. And with adulthood comes independence and, and it comes more responsibility and more choices. As a matter of fact, they're going to start seeing this. If they haven't started seeing it already, they're going to start seeing the, the overwhelming, the overloading of choices. They're going to be bombarded with choices. Parents aren't going to be making their decisions for them. They're going to be overloaded with choices. For many of them, it's already started. What, what college do I go to? Am I going to go to college or am I going to just jump right into the workforce? Am I going to enlist in the service? If I, if I do go to college, am I going to go in state or out of state or in town or out of town? Am I going to move out of my, my uh, parents' house? Am I going to move in with my best friend? Are we going to be roomies? Are we going to be dudes that hang out? Are we going to get a, an apartment? Are we going to live on campus? I mean, they are overloaded with choices. In fact, today I want to start a a brand new teaching series, and this will be the introduction message really, but I want to start a teaching series called Choices. Everybody say choices. Choices. And I think it's really safe to say, and I I really, I didn't spend a ton of time thinking about this, but I spent some time thinking about this statement, and, and I think it's a fair statement to say that life is really a series of choices. That every moment we're we're making choices. For example, when that alarm went off this morning, uh, we had choices to make. Do do I get up immediately or do I hit the snooze button a couple of times or three times? Or do I even get out of bed at all? Do I shower in the morning or do I shower at night? Or if I'm a teenage boy, do I shower at all? (laughs) These are are choices that we have to make. If you're a girl, am am I going to wear my hair down or am I going to pull it back? Today, do I wear jeans? Do I wear shorts? Now I've, I have my jeans and my shorts picked out. What, what shoes am I going to wear? Choices. It's breakfast time. Am I going to eat cereal or 
Am I going to eat oatmeal or chocolate gravy with butter? Oh, man, and biscuits and, or scrambled eggs or whatever. Choices. Everybody say choices. Our life is a series of choices. Do I stay up late tonight and watch the end of the playoff game or do I go to bed early so I won't be grumpy in the morning? Choices. My husband is snoring. Do I kick him or do I put a pillow over his head? Choices. What, what channel do I watch? What radio station do I listen to? Where are we going to eat? What restaurant will we eat at? And then when you finally decide on a restaurant to eat at, you are presented a menu full of choices. Life is a series of choices. My phone is ringing. Do I answer it or do I ignore it? Do I respond to this text message or do I pretend I didn't see it? Do I tell the boy behind me to stop kicking my chair or do I patiently endure till the end of service? (laughs) Don't turn around and look at anyone right now. Choices. Your life is full of choices. And every choice that you have made in your past has affected your life to some degree. And listen, young people, every choice that you make moving forward is going to shape and influence and affect your life in some way. Choices. The quality of life, young people, that you experience 10 years from today is going to be greatly impacted by the choices that you're making right now. And the the choices that you're going to make tomorrow. The amount of money that you have and the, the financial freedom that you have five or six years from now will be greatly impacted by the choices that you're making right now. The quality of marriage that you experience. And the kind of spouse that you end up marrying will be largely determined by the choices that you're making right now. Everybody say choices. Choices. All of us have choices that we make. So, so this morning, graduates, I want to teach you a principle. And I actually mentioned this last week, and I actually taught on this several years ago. But I want to teach you a principle called the principle of the path. The principle of the path. And, and this message is for everyone. Matter of fact, this is a principle that everyone needs to know in life. But it's specifically geared towards graduates, but all of us should get something out of this this morning. Everybody say the principle of the path. This is a, a, a this title actually comes from a book that I read several years ago um, by the same name, The Principle of the Path, uh, that's authored by Pastor Andy Stanley. If you've never read this book, I highly encourage you to read this book. It's an excellent read, very easy read, but there's so many truths in that. So a, a lot of the things that I shared this morning uh, come from this book, The Principle of the Path. And the principle of the path says this, that direction, not intention, determines destination. Matter of fact, say this with me. Say, direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Young people, wherever you want to end up in life, there's a path that leads there. Whatever you want to be in life, whatever you want to accomplish, wherever you want to be, there is a path that will take you there. But you have to move in that direction because direction, not intention, determines destination. You can have all the best intentions in the world. 
about doing something great with your life, about where you want to be, what you want to do. But if you don't move in that direction, you will never arrive there. Because direction, not intention, is what determines destination. For example, next weekend is, is Memorial Day weekend. If, if I wanted to take my family to Wild River Country, which is a water park in, in Little Rock, um, I could go online, I could make advanced purchases and buy our tickets. I could get some really nice swim trunks and swimwear. For, I know that's a bad visual, but uh, some swim trunks. I could buy some nice towels. We could get sunscreen and, and all the things that we need. We could even pack for a picnic that we're going to have, and, and we can plan to go. And you know what? We can even get in the car, and we can even pray that God would bless our, our day at Wild River Country. We could say, Lord, I just, I, just, I just thank you for this opportunity that we have to go and spend family time together at the water park. And I just pray, Lord, that you would keep us safe and watch over us and let us have a good time. I can have all these intentions, do all this preparation, even do all of this praying. But if I get on I-40 and head west and then take Highway 7 and head north, I will never get to Wild River Country. Because it's direction, everybody said direction, not intentions, that determines destination. And this, this principle applies to every area of life. It's not just a geographical principle. It's not just a physical principle as to where you want to go literally in life, or literally in, in, in this, this earth, in this state, in this city, in this nation. But it's, it's a principle that applies to every area of life. If you want to have a great marriage... It's your direction, the direction that you move, not your intentions that's going to determine your destination. If you want to have financial freedom, there is a path that leads to that. If you want to have good health, there is a path that leads there. You can't just say, well, yeah, I hope I have good health one day, or I hope that I, I can do this. It's more than just a hope. It's more than just intention. It's direction, not intention, that determines destination. Whatever outcome that you want to have in life, there is a path that leads there. And whatever outcome that you don't want to have in life, there's a path that leads there as well. And you have to avoid it. And every path that you get on has a destination. It's going to take you some where? Once again, it's direction, not intention, that determines destination. It doesn't matter if you intended to have a good marriage. It doesn't matter what you planned for. It doesn't even matter if you prayed that God would bless you with a good marriage. If you choose the wrong path, you have to deal with the results. People say all the time, well, I don't know what happened. I don't know how I ended up here. I don't know how this came about. I never intended to end up here. I, I can tell you how you ended up there. You chose the path that led there. Every path has a destination. It, it may not be the outcome that you wanted, but it's the path that you chose. One of the main points that comes from this book says this, and I, I love this, you might want to write this down, that choices are now, outcomes are later. Choices are now, Outcomes are later. That's why you have to learn to make good choices right now. My son could, could attest to this. It's like every time that he leaves, especially if he's running around with this boy right here, 
Uh, I'm like, I always tell him, just kidding, Tristan. I always tell him, son, make wise choices. Make good choices. Because, in honesty, they're more than just choices. They're paths that you're getting on. So it's huge because our choices will in, in, uh, affect us and impact us and influence our lives in, in so many ways. Uh, so choices are now, outcomes are later. That's why we have to learn to be wise in our choice making because every choice puts you on a path and every path has a destination. Well, pastor, I didn't mean to end up here. I didn't mean for things to turn out like this. I didn't mean to, to ruin my marriage. I didn't intend to become an addict. I know you didn't intend to do that. No, no one sets out to wreck their life. No one intends to become an addict. No one intends to see how bad their marriage can get. No one intends to be broke 10 years from today. But people don't intend to get lost either, but they do. Because it's direction, not intentions, that determine your destination. So how do I know which path to choose. That's, that's what all of you are asking this morning. Okay, well, if, if life is all about making choices and choosing to get on the right path, because every path has a destination, how do I know uh, the right path to choose? Well, you could take the advice of, of uh, Yogi Berra, who says that when you come to a fork in the road, take it. That's not real good advice. Because some of you, uh, you young people, you may not know what a fork in the road. That doesn't mean the utensil that's laying in the middle of the road. A fork is, is a divide to where you're faced with multiple choices. At least two. Do I go this way? Do I go that way? You can't just take it. Well, which one do you take? And all of you are going to come to forks in the road. All of you are going to have decisions that need to be made. So when you come to a, a fork in the road or, or when you come to a decision, which path do you Choose. Well, fortunately for us, we have the wisdom of Scripture that um, gives us insight to help us make the right choices. And I want to encourage every single person, not just graduates today, but every single person to memorize this passage of Scripture that we're about to study. If you, and, and there are so many that you should memorize, but you need to be able to, if someone says, hey, do you know any Scriptures? This should be one that you know from memory. And it's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Many of you know it. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will do what? He will direct your paths. Remember, we're talking about choices. Which, which path do I take? Do I go this way? Do I go that way? How do, how do I know uh, who's the right person for me to marry? How do I know this? How do I know that? Well, the Bible just gives us a recipe for how to know which path to go down. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? If you just, this sounds offensive, but if you just read it, there is so much that we can learn. Memorize this, these two verses. As a matter of fact, that's, that's my challenge to all of you. Memorize these two, these two verses here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. The, the Bible here is telling you how you can know which path in life to take. First of all, it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This applies to every area of your life. 
to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Every area of your life. The answer to all of life's questions is found in Scripture. The Bible, this is a very relevant book. It's, yes, it was written thousands of years ago, but it, it's, it's not out of date. The Bible says that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of God will stand forever. This, this is truth. In a world that's, that's filled with just, uh, just relative things and things that are, that are good for a while and, and no longer valid anymore, this is absolute truth. This truth never changes. So the Bible is saying here, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Solomon, who wrote this, was the wisest man in all of, of, all of the Bible other than Jesus. He's the wisest person who ever lived. And he realized that even though he may be wise, he realized his dependency on trusting the Lord. I've got to trust the Lord. Well, how do, how do you learn to trust the Lord with all of your heart? How do you learn to trust somebody? You've got to get to know them, don't you? You don't just, hey, will you watch my six-month-old for a while? I know we've never met, but you know, I trust you. No, that's foolish, okay? You, you, you learn to trust someone by getting to know them. The way you learn to trust the Lord is by getting to know Him. And the way you get to know Him, young people, is by, by reading His Word and, and in prayer. And I know these sound elementary, but, but you've got to talk to God. It's not awkward. Just talk to Him. And you say, well, I don't know what to say. You can just say, God, I just ask that you would help me today. God, give me wisdom. Lord, help me to discover the plans that you have for my life. Lord, I believe in you. I know that you created me. I know that you have a plan for my life. You have a plan to prosper me. God, show me that path. Show me. Just talk to me. Another way we get to know him is by reading his word. And I've told you this before. You don't have to read a whole... You don't have to spend 30 minutes in the word. I mean, obviously, the more time you spend, the better off you're going to be and the more that you're going to know him. But, but to start off with, you don't, don't, don't go try to run a marathon if you haven't even been you know, jogging or walking for a mile. Start off with just two or three verses or five minutes in the morning. Get some word in you. And as you get the word in you, you start to know God. And the more that you start to know God, the more you realize that I can trust God. I can trust Him with my marriage. I can trust Him with my finances. I can trust Him with my relationships. I can trust Him with my business. I can trust Him with all of these things, with my schooling. I can trust Him to help me find the right person to marry. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And as you learn to trust the Lord, He is going to begin to guide you down the right path. Then the Bible goes on to say, Lean not on your own understanding." This word lean here comes from a Hebrew word that means to support oneself or to rely on, to rest. If I, if I lean on this podium right here, I mean, this, this podium is carrying my weight. If someone pulls this podium out right now, I'm going to fall because I, I am leaning on this podium. I'm resting. I am confident that this thing is going to hold me up. That's what it means to lean. And so the Bible says, don't lean on your own understanding. Now, understanding is, is your information of something, or your knowledge of something, or your, uh, your experience in something. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's good to have education. It's, it's good to have experience. There's, there's nothing wrong with knowledge. But you need more than knowledge when it comes to making choices. You need wisdom. 
And wisdom and knowledge, regardless of what you have been taught, regardless of what you might think, wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. You can have knowledge without wisdom, but you cannot have wisdom without knowledge. Knowledge is kind of like the collection of data or, or, or information that's gained through education or experience or, or, or training. That's, that's knowledge, the, the know-how. Wisdom is knowing how to apply what you know. There's a difference. Knowledge is knowing how to use a gun. Wisdom is knowing when to use the gun and when not to use the gun. That's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing that you're right and your wife is wrong. Wisdom is keeping your mouth shut. There's... <laughs> there, yes, amen. There's a, there, there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Now, now, most of us, most of you, aren't lacking in knowledge. The problem that we have and where we go wrong is with, was with a lack of wisdom. We, we have the knowledge. We, we know, most of us know, most of you young people know what to look for in a spouse. You know. Yeah, I mean, you've been taught. Your parents have drilled that in your head. Someone's drilled that in your head. You, you know what qualities you're looking for. But if you aren't careful, peer pressure and hormones and other temptations will try to impede your good judgment. And if you don't have wisdom, if you're leaning on your own understanding, you think you've got it all figured out. Oh, I know, I know how far I can go. I know, I know all of these things. And when you lean on your own understanding, you're setting yourself up for trouble. And so what the Bible is teaching us here is that, is that if we want God to direct our path so that we can make sure that we go down the right road, then we can't lean on our own understanding we have to learn to trust the Lord. The paths in our life are too important to lean on our own understanding. You need the wisdom of God. And that only comes through prayer and meditation of the Word. The book of James tells us that if any of us lack wisdom, to ask the Father. And He'll give it. Just ask Him. See, sometimes we don't even take the time to ask Him because we know we're experienced. We went to school for 13 years and college for four or eight, and we, we know. We know. I mean, especially if you're a teenager, you know everything. But don't lean on your own understanding, the Bible says. Learn to trust the Lord. Then the Bible goes on to say, in all your ways. Everyone say, in all your ways. In all your ways. All of your ways. Acknowledge Him. Who is, who is Him? The Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord. All your ways, in your marriage ways, in your dating ways, in your, in your professional career ways, in your education ways, in your schooling ways, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Not, not just in your religious duties, and this is, this is for everyone, not just graduates today, but, but, but we seem to um, compartmentalize God. We, we have Him, we have a God compartment. Or, or you could say it like this, we have, a, we have a Sunday compartment where we pull God out and set Him free and let Him uh, give Him access to our lives. And then we put Him back in His in these, in these place and then we have Monday through Saturday. You, you can't compartmentalize God. God has to be in the middle of everything that you do. 
That's why the scripture says that if you want to know to choose the right path, if you want to make sure that you're going down the right path, you have to acknowledge God in all of your ways. God has to be first when it comes to marriage. If you want a, a successful marriage, a, a great marriage, and I think all of us do, God has to be first. And what that means for you young people who are yet to be married, that means you've got to be putting God first and, and, and looking to what God's Word says about qualities and characteristics that you should be looking for in a spouse. And not trying to find someone who's going to complete you or going to make you better. No, no, no. You've got to be self-confident. You've got to be confident in who you are through Jesus Christ. And so you've got to have God in your, in your dating ways. And when you get ready to start dating, for those of you who aren't dating, you, 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 God has to be first. God, God show me who, who the person is for me. God, prepare me to be the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for. You have to acknowledge Him in all your ways. Financially, young people, if, it, if you want to be, have financial freedom and be blessed uh, financially, you have to get God involved in your finances. How do you do that? Now, this is not a message on tithing, but while I'm here, I might as well, you know, pry the horse a little bit. But if you want God to bless you financially, you've got to, you have to make room for God in your finances. You have to go down that path because, once again, it's direction, not intentions, that determines your destination. If you want that financial freedom and the, the prosperity that, that God wants to give you, you've got to make room for the Lord. You've got to go down that path. And according to His Word... We should be honoring God with our first fruits. We should be honoring God with the first tenth of our income, giving it to God. I, I know it's quiet, but the, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting nothing out of this. I'm not trying to benefit anything from you today, okay? I'm trying to get something for you. I'm trying to teach you what the Word of God says. Because when we honor God, I know it doesn't make sense mathematically on paper. We're thinking right now, oh my gosh, how in the world am I going to do this? That's where faith is. We walk by faith, not by sight. We trust God. Trust in the Lord with what? With all of your heart. Trust in the Lord in, in, in your finances. So we're going to put Him first. In all our ways, we're going to acknowledge Him. God, we're going to acknowledge Him. We're not going to compartmentalize God. He's going to be in the middle of everything that we do. In all of our ways, we are going to acknowledge God. We're going to make room for Him in our marriage. We're going to make room for Him in our finances, in our relationships, in our businesses, in our weekends, and our weekdays. In all of our relationships, we're going to make room for Him in everything. Then finally, it says that if we'll do these things, if we'll trust in the Lord with all of our heart, if we'll lean not on our own understanding, but if we'll acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways, he will direct our path. And remember, I, I told you at the onset that, that life is a series of choices. And the choices that we make are shaping and influencing our lives in some way. Every choice. And so we want to make the right choice. We want to take the right path. So how can we ensure that we're taking the right path? I want, I want God to direct my path. I want God to show me which which, which way to go. So he says, if you'll do this, I will direct your path. Remember, every path has a destination. Every path. And, and we're going to learn this as we, as we move along in this series, but the path is no respecter of person. It doesn't matter who gets on the path. It doesn't matter how much money you have or what kind of car that you drive. Whether you drive a clunker or a Mercedes-Benz sports car. If you get on I-40 and go west, you will never get to Wild River Country. 
doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. Are you following me? That's the principle of the path. It's no respecter of persons. Whoever gets on that path is going to end up where that path leads every single time. Because it's the direction, not your intentions, that determines the destination. So we want God to direct our paths. The choices that you're making today are not just choices. They're paths that you're getting on. Some may be here this morning and think, well, it's just, it's just a little harmless flirting. No, it's a path. It's a path that leads to destruction. Oh, it's, it's just a little drink. It's not that big of a deal. No, it's, it's a path. Everybody say path. It's, it's a path that leads to destruction. Oh, we're just going to have a little fun. It's really no big deal. It's, it's just fun. No, you're heading down a slippery slope. And I promise you, you will not like the outcome. It's a path. That's why young people, your parents, will tell you so many times, be careful the people that you hang around. Because things that you read, things that you watch, things that you listen to, and the people that you hang around will greatly influence and impact your life and who you become. It's a path. They, people that are older and experienced, they see that. They recognize. It, it, there's an old saying that hindsight is what? It's, it's, it's 2020. We, we, can all, we can always look back and say, man, right there. Right there is where, where I went wrong. Even when you're lost geographically, you, you know that, man, there, I'm, I need to go back. I missed that exit. There's, there's where I, that's how I ended up over here because I didn't go right. And instead, I went, I went left. It's the same thing when it, when it comes to where you are in life. That's why your parents are, are trying to tell you, listen, these, these aren't just choices that you're making. They're paths that you're getting on. And every path has a, has a destination. So it's direction, not intention, that determines destination. And you and I will win and lose in life based on the choices that we make, based on the paths that we get on. So my encouragement to all of us, and especially those who are graduating, those who are transitioning from high school to college, those who are transitioning from college to the workforce, or even from high school to the workforce, or high school to the military, whatever transition in life that you're making, understand that the choices that you're about to make, the choices that you're making right now, are greatly going to impact where you are 10 years from today. It's a path. It's a path. And I know some of you guys are thinking, well, I have plenty of time. You know, uh, you know I'm just 18 years old, or I'm just 23 years old. I have, you know, I have, once I get 30, I'll start uh, being a little bit more concerned about my finances, or I'll start being more concerned about this. No, 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 no. You need to start making wise choices right now. And fortunately for us, we have the counsel of God. Spiritual insight and revelation. God can give us discernment and the wisdom to make the right choices. And my prayer is this morning for all of you, especially your graduates, that you would seek the Lord to trust Him with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning and close your eyes for just a few moments as we get ready to transition the service. There's a question that I want to ask you this morning for all of us. And that question is this. What path are you on? What path are you on this morning? You may say, well, I'm not, I'm not really on a path. Yes, you are. Every single one of us is on a path this morning. The Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is 
destruction. You could substitute the word way with, with path. There's a path that seems like you're going down the right path, but the end of that path is, is destruction. That's why we need the counsel of God. That's why we need the wisdom of God. That's why we need the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us, to direct us, to lead us. And many of you today possibly are heading down a path that leads to destruction. And I believe this morning that God has given me this message to be a roadblock for you. To be a warning sign that says, wrong way. Turn around. Danger ahead. Go back. And my question then would be, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You realize that, you know what, I, I, I am on a path. I'm on a path that, that leads to destruction. I know that this is not God's plan for my life. I know this is not the path that God would have me go down. What, what are you going to do about it? Because as I told you, this series is called Choices. You have a choice to make this morning. You can choose to ignore this message and continue to go down the same road that you've been going down for the last 10 months, thinking, well, nothing's happened so far. I, I know what I'm doing. Things are good. But I promise you, I promise you, there will be an outcome one day and you're not going to like where, where you are. But you have a choice this morning to say, I realize that this is not the direction that God would have me to go. And I'm going to stop. And I'm going to turn around. And I'm going to run to God. And I'm going to trust Him with all of my heart. And I'm going to stop relying on my own understanding. And I'm going to begin to acknowledge Him in all my ways so that He can direct my path. Heavenly Father, as I come to the conclusion of this message today I thank you for every person who is in this room today God I, I believe that, that they're not here by accident God but you have appointed this time and this this season Father Lord for them to hear this message God I thank you Lord that we don't have to come to a fork in the road and, and wonder which way to go but God you have given us your Holy Spirit to be our guide and to direct us and to show us which path to choose. God, many times we let, we let um, other things influence our decision making. Many times, God, we, we let culture influence the choices that we make. We let our friends influence the decisions that we make. We let feelings get in the way of wise choices. And Lord, today, as we have heard your word, I just pray that you would give us all the boldness to be able to make the choices that you need us to make. God, I pray that you would allow us to remove distractions from our life that would, that would keep us from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for any one person that may be in this room today, Lord, who's, who's never acknowledged you as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray that today that they would reach out to you and say, Jesus, I believe that you died in my place for my sin. I believe that, that you're the only way to heaven. You're the only path to the Father. And today I, I, I put away selfishness and I choose to make Jesus the manager of my life, the Lord of my life, and I choose you. God, let, let that person who's lost today, God, come to their senses and come home to you. God, I specifically pray, pray for our graduates today, Lord, as they're in this transition time, Lord, that you would, that you would impart this word unto them, that, it's, that it, it wouldn't just be a sermon that they heard on May the 19th of 2019. God, but it, that it would be a, a marker in their life that points them back to this time to where 
that was the day that I learned the principle of the path. That every choice that I make carries great weight. And it's more than just a choice, it's a path. And God, I pray that from this day forward, they would always remember the principle of the path. That it's direction and not intention that determines destination. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in all of our lives. And specifically the graduates today. In Jesus' name, amen.